スロットンシュはい。
problems with the mechanics or, uh, you know, maybe it's the graphics that absolutely stink, you know, um, and you keep coming back to it. You keep persisting with it. You know, there must be something there that keeps drawing you back. So it was kind of hard for me to narrow mine down to just, I think we're going to pick four that we love for some reason or that we, we keep persisting with. And then one that is an absolute unmitigated disaster. We, we've we tried a million times to interact with the game or to like find some enjoyment out of it. And it's just irredeemable, <laughs> basically. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. And there are those as well. So I'm going to have you kick it off. Why don't you tell us uh, what your first pick is? All right. So I want to start with a game called Independence Day ID4. So this was a movie tie-in. It was actually uh, released not too long after the VHS release of the uh, Independence Day movie. Mm. Um, and that was, you know, that was kind of like a summer action movie that was starring Will Smith. And it was meant to be sort of like a low budget kind of fun movie to go and see mm-hmm. and ended up doing significantly better than most folks expected. Like it, it ended up being quite a cult classic. I love that and movie. <laughs> You know, it is. I do, too. And I'm not usually a fan of those sorts of movies, but there's just something about it, whether it's the, you know, the mix of humor with a sort of crazy over the top plot and the character like it just works. Right. Yeah. It just it makes sense. So um, anyway, so the the game inevitably came out. And if you're thinking that Acclaim published it, you're actually wrong. It wasn't Acclaim because they were famous for doing, uh, you know, sort of cheesy movie tie-in games right um it was published by uh fox interactive that's right um you know the game came out on saturday and playstation and it was universally panned people didn't like critics didn't like it but i rented it at the time um because i was having a friend over and we wanted to play some two-player games Mm -hmm. that we uh sort of hadn't you know uh, that, that I didn't own. And so this was, this was a new release. And so we rented it and we took it home. And, uh, for most of our playing, we we were playing the, the two player game. There's a split screen, two player game. Right. And it's like, you know, aerial dog fights. You just, you pick your plane and you kind of fly around all the different maps and you try to find, uh, the, you know, your opponent and shoot them down and you're flying around collecting different power ups. So, uh, you know, to either, find new planes that you can use or, you know, new armaments for your plane. So it's kind of mindless. It's kind of fun. So in two player, I thought it actually really worked. Um, you know, split screen is never the best way to enjoy a two player experience, but it, it was fine. You know, I didn't really have any problems with it. So, you know, ultimately in the fullness of time, I ended up getting it, um, and spent some, some quality time, you know, with the game as a one player experience. And, you know, again, I, I wasn't expecting much because I'd read so much negativity about it, mm-hmm. but it was not bad. Like, you know, it's, there's not much to it. You, you pick a plane and you, you go out and you fly and there's missions uh, for each level. And the missions are usually fairly similar, you know, destroy the shield generators, go in and, you know, blow up the alien ship. There's, there's usually not much more to it than that. Right. So it is kind of repetitive and, there are definitely instances where you can spend a ton of time flying around without seeing an enemy. So once you blast a few enemies, you know, out of the sky, they don't, they don't respawn, they don't regenerate. So it could be that you're flying around this giant map looking for one last alien ship Mm. and, you know, never really running into them, even though you're kind of watching your radar and everything, because these, these maps are pretty, pretty large. So, you know, 
I could see how some folks see it as boring, but I just find it relaxing. Right. You know, the plane controls relatively well. It's pretty straightforward. You, you, you jump into a plane, you take off. If you see icons, it's either fuel or it's, you know, a shield or it's, you know, extra missiles or whatever. And, you know, you, you go and complete your objective. Uh, the game's plot follows the movie relatively okay. You know, like, I mean, it kind of goes through a sequence of levels that more or less resembles, uh, you know, what you would have seen in the game. Mm -hmm. So um, if you've seen the movie, it, you know, it makes sense. It ties in okay. And there's nothing to me overly wrong with it. And so I've just kind of enjoyed it. It's, it's a, it's one of those games where if you've got half an hour and you just want to play something simple where you're not going to think too much, where you don't have to, you know, invest yourself too deeply into it it actually works it doesn't control half bad and you just go in and you know sit down and shoot some aliens and destroy some shield generators and it's a good time kind of reminds me of robotica you know that kind of thing where it's just like meandering yeah it's very repetitive it's kind of beige you know the game is pretty beige it's it it sounds like they it had things going for it but it was kind of an oversight in development like uh in in designing the level so that it it kept you engaged because it sounds like you would be engaged at the beginning but then you once you wipe out all your enemies you're just kind of looking around for that last enemy so you could finish the level and you might spend like 10 minutes doing that that's where they needed to probably go back and and figure out how to like keep the engagement high you know and the game probably would have done better but i mean of course it's based on a killer movie and so i think we all like wanted to like it right yeah that's i'm sure that was a factor too like if this was some generic you know flying shooting game then maybe the appeal would be less but they did an okay job um you know with the graphics Mm -hmm representing the alien ship that's above you you know the 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 play fields are relatively sparse but they're okay you know there's nothing in there that i would say is horribly bad and you're right you know it would be too easy for me to sort of start a list of things that could have been done that would have made the game a little bit better mm-hmm. you know and and starting with you know maybe some more variety in the missions mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. um but 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 it is what it is and you know it's not a game that i think belongs in the you know, dustbin of history. Like it's okay. Right. Especially if you watch the movie and then you want to sit down to, to play the game. It's, it's not that bad. I, you know, I don't want anybody expecting this to be the greatest game ever. Cause it's not, right. it really isn't, but it, but it isn't too bad. Yeah. Um, there's one neat tidbit about it that I noticed in the manual years ago. And that um, it talks about this game being compatible with the link cable. And so right. actually a few years ago, I ended up uh, having a friend over, um, and, uh, he brought his copy of independence day and I had my copy of independence day and we had a link cable. We had two Saturns, we had two TVs and we were trying to get this, this option to work because playing two players when, you know, using a link cable with, uh, both players having their own screen would have actually been super cool and we couldn't get it to work. We couldn't figure out why we were reading the manuals and whatever. Finally, I, I gave up. I, I couldn't figure it out. I went online to, to sort of see what it is that we were doing wrong mm. And it turns out the feature was cut really late in development. Wow. And so, you know, it is referenced in the game manual. There are screenshots in the game manual of the options you need to pick to get the uh, link cable game going. And yet it doesn't work. So I'm sure not too many people noticed because at the time, you know, the link cable was never actually even officially released here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, you know, it would have been really something crazy for people to try out, but, but yeah, in the end it, it doesn't work. So 
you know, maybe that sums the game up pretty well. It's almost like it's good enough, but not quite for most people, you know, and, and yet I seem to like it. Yeah, I think Fox Interactive announced that the game would be released in late 97 or early 98. Um, but then it was bumped up to November, uh, November 96 in order to coincide with the film's release on VHS. So mm-hmm. it was rushed, essentially. And it sounds like that yeah. radical, it was actually radical entertainment that developed it. We're the same folks that did power play on the on the Saturn as yes. well, which is a really good series. They did some other stuff too. Um, so they they developed it for Fox Interactive, and it just got pushed up to the point where they had to cut features. So it could have been a it could have been a better game, you know, uh, had they had more time. But what they did put out is worth folks checking out. You know, if you're interested in a kind of like a I wouldn't really call it a sim. <laughs> it's just more of a you know it's a third person too. You know. There's also Wing Arms. If you're interested in, in another flight combat game, Wing Arms is great on the Saturn. But if you got time and you want to check this out, would you recommend folks give it a try? You know what? I would. If 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 you know if you're a gamer that goes in with an open mind, understands that you know games of that era had limitations and all the rest of it, you're not going to be overly disappointed. But if you're going in expecting you know huge pyrotechnics and all these crazy dogfights in mm-hmm. the air and whatever, mm-hmm. it's not going to be that. And you know. So, so go in with an open mind and you might eke out some enjoyment out of it. It isn't the system's best game, of course, right. but it's, in my opinion, it's not a stinker. It's not the end of the world, you know? So, so yeah, folks should give it a try. I recommend. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it, it's definitely one that I have a copy and I've probably played it once or twice. I do remember it being very beige. Uh, but again, you know, it does, like you said, it kind of gets that that film vibe, you know, so and I do love yes. the film. So I think it's one of those things where I might watch the film and then I play the game a little bit, you know, just to kind of put myself in the mindset of what folks were <laughs> consuming back then yeah. in terms of video games and stuff. But yeah, so it's a, it's yeah. kind of like right in the middle, you know, it's like a C. Definitely. OK, I want to move on to your first game, Dave. I'm really curious to to hear what you picked. Well, you know, we're not going in any particular order, but I guess I'll pick the one that I probably have a reputation by now of of liking this game or con- it's even though it's kind of considered a dark horse. I really love Sega Touring Car Championship. And mm. is this game bad? I, I think some people might be surprised that I'm putting it in there. Now, mind you, we're not saying that these games are objectively bad. What we're saying is that these games are considered bad by a lot of people. And there is a good reason for this, you know. Um, with Sega Touring Car Championship, I think that it comes down to a couple of things. First of all, there are some phenomenal racing games on the Saturn. Games that almost play themselves. They're so good. You pop in Sega Rally and it's bliss, you know, like it's just such a Mm well-made game. Uh, Such an amazing Saturn port. It's a lot of fun, no doubt. Sega Touring Car, on the other hand, is got a lot of stuff wrong with it, if I'm being honest. And yet somehow I've come to love this game so much over time. And um, I think that the biggest issues that are holding Sega Touring Car back uh, it, for people who don't know, Sega Touring Car was a arcade game on the Model 2. Yeah, it was Model on Model 2. 2. It was AM3, yep. right? Um, and it was essentially like the German DTM touring car circuit, you know, with you had uh, Mercedes Benz and you had all these touring cars. You had uh, Alphas and you had, uh, there is even, the, there's like a Toyota in there, Toyota Celica, but there never was a Toyota Celica in the DTM. Uh, 1995 yeah. German touring car championship. But essentially, it's just a touring car series where like stock vehicles are souped up and made to go really, really fast, right? 
And so essentially, that's what the game kind of captures. It's a very fast racing game, but the frame rate is very low. You know, so if you combine a very fast racing game with a very low frame rate, you're talking about like a slideshow, basically. And for a racing game, that's practically a sin. You know, like that's like the worst sin a racing game can commit is having a really low frame rate, especially Mm -hmm. when it's moving so fast. Um, You come up on certain corners and, you know, the guardrail comes up on you so quick. You know, you have a hard time really reacting in time. On top of that, the default controls for this game are Mm -hmm. horrendous, I would say. Like the, the cars don't really control very well right off the bat, you know. Um, and the Saturn game has two sides, essentially. It has a it has the arcade side where you can't really do any kind of tuning to your car. You can't really change the difficulty. It's just the arcade game, essentially. Or it's an attempt at porting the arcade game and kind of distilling that, that mm-hmm. uh, experience on the Saturn. Um, and where that's concerned, I think people have um, a lot of difficulty controlling the vehicle, and, and that leads to frustration. And before you know it, they're just like, why even bother when there are better racing games on the Saturn? I think is what it is. Um, for me, it's yeah. it's a game that I love the music. I think the graphics are actually quite good for the Saturn. It's objective. I, some people <laughs> might disagree, but I think that they're pretty good for the Saturn. And, you know, there are just so many little things about the game that I love that come together to make it, for me, a special game. I mean, there's Netlink support that was never, it wasn't even talked about on the back of the box, but you had Netlink support in there uh, where you could upload your best score to leaderboards, uh, which you can still do now today because of uh, Zyden mm-hmm. bringing that functionality back to the Netlink zone. And of course, Sega RPG fan getting the tunneling thing working so folks can use their Dream Pies to connect their Saturns and and upload that data to the internet. Uh, so that was cool. That was forward thinking. There were like global events where um, the game utilized your clock, which I think mm-hmm. were were really cool and forward thinking. It also utilizes the 3D control pad to a good degree. I mean, I I find that the game is much more controllable with the 3D control pad. And I think what I like about it is that on the Saturn side, it allows you to tune your vehicle. And when you do tune your vehicle, you can actually create vehicles that are infinitely more controllable, like just much, much better. And then, you know, on, mm-hmm. on the arcade side, I would say that your best bet is just picking manual transmission and just downshifting really heavily in the turns, you know, that, that seems to work pretty well. But again, the game is not easy uh, to, to come to grips with either way. Um, and so I can't really blame people for judging it harshly. You know, I can't blame them. I know that it's got like pretty bad shortcomings in terms of a racer. Uh, but it's just one of those games that I continue to persist with and I continue to play it, recognizing that it's not nearly as good as Daytona or Sega Rally, but that I like it. But isn't it funny, though, like, so Daytona USA, the first one, it had a pretty poor frame rate and, you know, pop-in issues and all the rest of it, and yet people universally quite like that game. It's much more easy to control, and, though. You know, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Daytona, oh, yeah. It, you're absolutely right. Terrible pop-in. Um really, really bad frame rate on the original Daytona. And yet somehow it remains controllable. Like you can control it and you, you know, those power slides feel really, really good. You know, with Sega touring car, it's very twitchy. You know, it's that thing where the back end of the car kind of like, like slides out, but then it kind of is going all over the place. It's just very twitchy. Right. Um, It's because those default controls are just 
I don't know what they were thinking when they were like, this is it. This is what we're going to make the default controls, you know? Yeah. yeah. Because I've shared, I've shared my own tuning settings with folks before where, where they apply my tuning settings and they're just like, Oh my God, this is like infinitely more controllable, you know? Um, so I, I really don't know. I, I really don't know what they were thinking, but this was AM Annex, actually. So it wasn't, you know, maybe they remained in the Annex after they developed this game. <laughs> but, you know, again, like this is a game that even compared to the earlier Sega Racers, it actually has an incredible amount of content. Yes. You know, like there's a lot of tracks. Yes. There's a lot of music. Right. The sidetrack scenery is is really impressive. And it is. You know, you're right. The cars go at a pretty, pretty good speed. And then, you know, if you're playing in the um uh cockpit view, you get a um a rear view mirror. Mm-hmm. Right? Like so there's all these things that you know didn't really appear in in uh, other Sega racers. So I mean th- you know, there's certainly not a shortage of content in the game. Definitely not. It's just got like all these tiny little things that I think just make me wish that they had done other things right. You know, like, again, Mm. it's kind of a shame, really, because the game could be so much better. Um, And again, with your own settings, tweaking the game, fortunately, they, they did allow us to, you know, tune our vehicles and and save those settings. And so you can kind of tame the controls a bit. But you can't tame that frame rate. I mean, again, like the game does a pretty good job of simulating that sense of speed, especially in the Grunwald course where it feels like you're just going downhill and it's incredibly fast. And yet the frame rate is so low that anytime you come up on a corner, it's really difficult to judge it. You you know that you always have to be kind of putting on your brakes and turning at the right moment. It's really all about course memorization at that point, but it's just very difficult for somebody just coming into it to be able to come away with it with a good experience. You know, you have to persist, you have to continue to put up with the game. And again, you know, that what there's that whole argument is like, why would I do that if there are better racers on the Saturn, you know, where I don't have to do that. But you clearly love this game. So what would you recommend? How should folks approach this game if they want to squeeze out some enjoyment out of it. Yeah, I do love the game. I do recommend that folks give it a shot. It's very forward thinking. Again, I recommend that if you're doing the arcade side, you definitely have to choose manual transmission. I recommend you use the 3D control pad. It definitely gives you more nuance in your control and go ahead and downshift hard into the turns. And that'll kind of allow you to do kind of a drifting maneuver and get through those turns without going off into the dirt or into the grass or whatever, hitting the sidewalls. It's going to be much more difficult when the, when the course narrows. And, and I think at that point, it's just going to be repetition and practice knowing the course inside and out. Um, I'm not sure that many people will stick with it for very long, you know, if they, if they're frustrated, but as tends to be the case, like when you do well at a game, you get more enjoyment out of it. So I definitely suggest folks check out the Saturn side of it and try tuning their vehicle, softening up the suspension, maybe, you know, messing around with the tuning settings and finding something that works well for them. Um, the music is phenomenal. The Avex tracks, actually, there's a couple of different, uh, options for the music which is phenomenal and uh you even bought me a silver of the game i had to throw that in there as a little uh no it was k a murder of crows that got me the silver for this game and so i own the original game and a silver of it and so yeah i definitely recommend folks check it out it's it's one of those games that a lot of people are hard on and for good reason so can't blame them there 
Oh, I'm trying to decide which one to talk about next, but I think I'm going to go with uh, Mansion of Hidden Souls, or I should say The Mansion of Hidden Souls, not to be confused with a Sega CD game of almost the same right. title, right? Um, so The Mansion of Hidden Souls actually released in 95, so it was a very early Saturn game. And it sort of released at that time where you know, the PlayStation had come out and everyone was really wowed with it. And there wasn't too much Saturn games coming out just yet. And the sort of the big three Saturn Christmas games hadn't come yet. And so people, every game that came out, people were really kind of looking to see, well, what is the Saturn capable of? Like, you know, what have they done this time? And it was an FMV game, which was really losing favor um, at that time with players, you know, because it was, you know, compared to a game where you've got full control and, uh, you know, of motion and movements and whatever. It's 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 much more of a cinematic type of game, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Um, and so, yeah, initially, I have to admit, I dismissed it. I thought, you know, this sucks. This is nothing. Like, you know, the graphics are crap. It's essentially a video, and it's grainy. Mm-hmm. And admittedly, it wasn't nearly as grainy as the Sega CD game, nor was the frame rate as bad as the Sega CD game. Like, it looked, you know, smoother and better and all that. But still, like, it was it was like watching a creepy, you know, computer generated early nineties type of effort um, that just didn't seem to fit the mold of what a video game should mm-hmm. be. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you weren't running around shooting people or racing people or whatever, collecting rings for that matter, or, or uh, eating mushrooms or anything. Like it was just, it was, it was an adventure. It was almost like a visual choose your own adventure novel. That's kind of how I right. saw it. And when that clicked in my head, then it was like, oh, okay, I could I could try this again and and see where I, I get with it. And so the story is sort of like a mystery sci-fi type of story, you know, where you're trapped in this mansion and there's this mysterious blood red moon. And then there's these like ghost heads that talk to you from time to time. And there are people to sort of visit and, and explore in this mansion. And, and you try to sort of, um, you know, unravel this mystery and, you know, there's the odd inventory item you can grab or whatever as you kind of play through it. But the thing is, like, once you really get into it, it, it kind of draws you in. And then you're almost committed to wanting to see this game through to the end, want to see the story through to the, to uh, its resolution. Um, as I discovered, as I kind of, you know, went along playing it, you can get bad endings. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, you could have an interesting end, you know, um, where you have to start everything over again. But just like with a choose your own adventure book, once you've been through it once, then you kind of know, okay, I made a decision here. I made a decision there and you can do things a little bit differently. So things like the order in which, you know, you talk to certain characters matters, um, you know, or, uh, you know, which rooms you end up going to see within the mansion. And then there's all this like mysterious stuff about butterflies and whatever. So, you know, you're, you're kind of left wondering what the ending is going to be like. And so once it hooks you sufficiently, then you're in for a good time, in my opinion. But the trouble is this game, I think is so different from what most people at the time thought a game should be that they never stuck around long enough to let themselves be hooked into it. If that makes any sense, you know, Um, because to this day, it's a relatively cheap Saturn game to Mm -hmm. get, you know, the, the the cover of the game of the North American Sorry. version is sort of really yeah. weird looking, you know, like it, it just looks like somebody did the, did it as an art project in grade six or something like it just, it looks super, you know, <laughs> corny and cheesy. Yeah. 
but it's good in the same way that, for example, Corpse Killer is good, you know? It's cheesy, it's kind of goofy, but it like once you get kind of drawn into it, it's actually pretty fun. It's it's not bad. So, you know, you've got to go in, in my opinion, with a mindset of I'm going to play something different. I'm going to play like a visual choose your own adventure. And once you get into that mindset, I think you're going to do just fine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a game that I know most people don't like. It was not rated nearly as high as the Sega CD game, which to my surprise was rated much, much yeah. better. But this one, you know, the reviews came in, they were like, oh, it's less, you know, it's more disjointed. There's, this isn't fun. It's S- it's uh, FMV and that's on its way out and right. whatever. And, you know, I'm not going to argue with any of those criticisms because they're not entirely wrong or inaccurate i just think that a lot of folks missed the point with this game when it was current you know and i mean i don't know did you is this a game that you played when uh when it was current absolutely and i can tell you that much of what you thought of it was the same as i thought back then uh so this is what i would call kind of like a walking simulator you know you you walk around and a story unfolds in front of you you know and you kind of trigger events but you're basically along for the ride and essentially this game is a is much more about atmosphere and mood than it is necessarily about gameplay. You know, it's not Alien Soldier. You know, for goodness sake, it's not. It's yes. not it because it, it, that's the point there. You know, or with Knights, you know, score attack or exploring the A life and stuff like that. But like with this game, it really is just like here's an experience. Come along for the ride, right? So Mm -hmm. back then, the graphics didn't really appeal to me. We were already kind of over that. Like you said, the walking FMV kind of scene to scene Mm -hmm. was already kind of dated. It's funny that now, in hindsight, graphics mean much less to me because I'm a little more graphics agnostic now. We live in an era where games exist with all different kinds of graphics. And so it's all relative what good graphics are, you know, I mean, because a game on the PS5 is going to smoke a game on the PS2, but that doesn't mean those games aren't great, you know, or that despite the graphics being mm-hmm. older or whatever. So, yeah, it's funny. I The game draws me in much more nowadays and I enjoy it. Actually, I do. I, this is a game I'm glad that you picked because I would have picked it too. I It's a game that I like mm-hmm. despite the fact that it's a little lacking. It's short. The The yep. story on the original Sega CD is arguably better. And yet the graphics on that one are pretty terrible. And the frame rate almost makes me sick. Like it almost makes me want to vomit because it's so bad. Uh, whereas here, you know, the graphics are much better. System Saycom did an amazing job with the music. I love the music. I love yes. the atmosphere. I've told people this before, but I'm a huge like Twin Peaks kind of David Lynch. kind. Of, I like weird stuff. I like stuff that makes me feel uncomfortable or unsettling. And so that's the things that I like about this game. But yeah, so. Definitely. And I, I honestly think that um, if folks go into this thinking it's less of a game and more of an atmospheric sort of experience, mm-hmm. then they'll be more apt to sort of understand the... Um, the programmer's vision for right. this game because again you know this this came out at a time where people were looking for like cutting edge 32 bit give me the best polygon graphics i want to you know with every press of every button i want to be running around and doing things well this game is exactly not right. that you know to, to move forward from one scene to the next you don't even hold the forward button down you just press it once mm-hmm. and then a short clip plays as you progress from you know one area to the, to the next yeah. so it's 
you know, it's it's not a gamer's game. Like Knights, we were talking last cast, is a gamer's game. This is not a gamer's game. It's more of a, you know, it's a it, it's using the video game medium mm-hmm. to tell a story. Exactly. You know, and you have you have some control over how that story mm-hmm. unfolds. But at the end of the day, it is a linear story that has to unfold from A to B to C, yeah. right? So, you know, so so again, if if you're going in with the expectation that, hey, maybe this isn't going to be a video game like I'm traditionally mm-hmm. used to, then it might make better sense to yeah. folks, you know? So that would be my recommendation. You know, there are like walking simulators like Dear Esther, which was pure walking simulator. You're listening to dialogue as you're walking around. This is more like Gone Home, if folks are familiar with that one on the PC. You do interact with a few items, and you do kind of have to drive the story a bit. But again, it's on rails. At the end of the day, like until you find the object that you need in order to get to the next thing, it's just basically, like you said, here's an experience, come along for the ride. It's not that long, almost mm-hmm. like an interactive movie, if you will. Very mm-hmm. weird. It gets very weird at the end. I'm not going to spoil yes, anything. Does. Other than to say it's weird <laughs> and uh, maybe even nightmare fuel. Uh, but again, if you think you have played almost everything on the Saturn and you want to experience something different, uh, this is definitely that. It's definitely different, you know, so I would recommend this to folks. And it's definitely serves as a test bed for what would come in uh, Lunacy, which is a much mm. more refined, much better game. One of my yeah. favorites on the console. Yes, agreed. All right, Dave, let's go to your next game. Okay, I think I know what I'm going to pick next, and that game is Croc. Um, uh, I mentioned this a couple of days ago, and somebody immediately was like, wait, Croc is a bad game? So no, Croc is not a bad game. And again, I want to repeat, these are not necessarily bad games. These are games that have really significant glaring shortcomings that we have persisted with, you know, and they are considered to be bad games by some folks. They're they're divisive, you know, they're not universally loved by any means. Um, Croc is one of those games where it's got so much going for it. Argonaut Software developed this game that would be possibly a game for the Nintendo 64 platform, mm-hmm. possibly a Yoshi game. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's this drama that unfolded with, you know, Nintendo saying, OK, well, that's actually a really great idea. We're going to take that and, and do our own thing. And then Argonaut was left holding the bag like, well, OK, we got to turn this into our own character, basically. You know, so they were mm-hmm. they did. You know, they had enough invested into the idea that they just went ahead and ran with it and made their own game. And they're talented developers, you know. They did games like Star Fox, you know, they did other really cool games that were quite successful. Croc is a game that has charm. It has character, great character design, really vivid colors. It's got excellent music. I mean, I'm not exaggerating when I say the the soundtrack is phenomenal. Um, It is a 3D platformer, essentially, and we don't have a lot of those on the Saturn. So that's one of the first reasons I think a lot of people have probably at least dipped their toe into this game and one of the first things they probably find is that it's frustratingly difficult to control (laughs) okay and yes when i said that poor frame rate is a sin for a racing game i think i have to say that bad control is a sin for a platforming game you know however this is no bubsy 3d okay this is no (laughs) i mean there are much worse controlling 3d platforming games um I give this game somewhat of a pass because it was developed in a time where um, almost simultaneously with like Mario 64, where there were no rules yet. Nobody really knew how to make a 3D platforming game. 
And everybody was kind of trying different stuff, you know, throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. You had games on the PS1, like Jumping Flash. They did a really cool, it was first person. It was kind of like you jump up and you'd kind of see the platforms that you were going to land on. And that would help inform your choice, you know, in, in terms of like where you would land. But of course, not every game can be Jumping Flash. So, you know, every developer simultaneously was in a land rush to figure out the best formula for making a 3D platforming game. And with Croc, it's kind of uh, tank controls, wouldn't you say? It's kind of like tank controls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And to a degree, the difficulty or the frustration uh, controlling the game can be mitigated by using the 3D control pad. But personally, I find that it's inconsistent where some portions are easier to control with the 3D control pad and then some portions are easier to negotiate with the digital, you know, so it's like you're constantly switching back for different uh, areas, you know, to be able to negotiate these platforms. Um, So failure is inevitable unless you persist with this game. Um, You're going to die a lot. It's going to be frustrating. You might feel like throwing your controller. And I think that that might be enough to, dissuade people from sticking with the game when there are so many other great 3d platforming games out there so yeah so some years ago years and years ago i decided to play through croc and give it a try Mm -hmm. and so same sort of feedback as what you just mentioned i thought the controls were really tough and Mm -hmm. they were made even tougher because the camera would not always cooperate yes the intuitive way that you would want it to and i agree with you like you know these were early days in 3d game design so there were no rules they were Mm -hmm. just kind of making it up as they went along Mm -hmm. and so i persisted with the game and i completed several of the islands because each sort of world is like an island or whatever and you kind of go through it but it got to the point where i got just too frustrated right it was just to me it was just too difficult to keep going so i gave up on it so i completely understand Mm -hmm. where you're coming from but i will say i mean the visuals they did a pretty good job considering it was saturn hardware it was 3d and all the rest of it right and the soundtrack is really nice yes it's a good soundtrack yeah you know it has the kind of visual polish and presentation that you would expect of like a first party game you know they did really polish Mm -hmm. up the visuals Mm -hmm. the presentation the character design it's got all of that going for it in spades, you know? It's just that that camera is awkward and the controls, yes, are very stiff. Sometimes it's it's that situation where you're just having to tap the controller, you know, Tomb Raider 1 style <laughs> to kind of mm-hmm. make sure you're in the right yeah. position to be yeah. able to make a jump, but then the platform moves and you end up in the lava and you're just, it's so frustrating, you know? Um, it's not that kind of like, where with Mario 64, somehow they were able to figure out how to make the collision somewhat forgiving to where you could like be hopping around and, you know, negotiate these moving platforms with a greater degree of success, I guess, and not really needing to be controlling the game so carefully, you know, like, you know, because that's the thing is it, it becomes a kind of a chore. And I admit that, you know, when a game becomes a chore, that's kind of when you turn it off. Right. You know, so. Yeah. It's not a platform exclusive. It was simultaneously developed for the PlayStation as well. And I think folks tend to feel that mm-hmm. not only the graphics are a little better, but also the camera is, is um, pulled out just a bit more. So you have more information on top, bottom, left and right. Um, 
yeah, the camera is just positioned a little bit differently. And I think that that overall just makes the PlayStation version, if you're going to try to play the game, uh, the one to try. I think it got a PC version as well. But believe it or not, without looking it up, I I'm, I'm, don't know if I'm right about that. But anyway, yeah, it got a sequel on the PlayStation as well. So, um, But if you don't have the PlayStation mm-hmm. version and you want to try it on the Saturn, I definitely recommend folks try it. But I do think without a doubt, you're going to experience what I do, the frustration with the controls. And you really are going to have to put yourself in the frame of mind that this was just the Wild West, <laughs> like no rules, everybody figuring yeah. it out for themselves. Uh, they did a decent job. It's just that Nintendo would refine it and do it better almost at the same time, you know, putting out Mario 64. And again, when it's held in that light, when it's judged next to Mario 64, then it falls so short, you know, because they were able to get it right, right. the first time out the gate with a lot more refinement. So, yeah. yes. Um, there's also a funny little thing I want to say real quick about the graphical glitches in, in Croc because the Saturn version does have like these weird graphical glitches. And I think that it might be certain pressings of the game. Um, I'm not sure if it's every pressing of the game, but I know that like the menu, sometimes Croc will be invisible or he won't have a head or something, you know? And uh, it's funny how like having a controller inserted or starting up the game without the controllers inserted, I've, I've heard it, it fixes that problem. You know, are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Yeah. And if, if, okay, I, I could be wrong here too, but I think the issue was um, confined to the European oh, uh, version of really? Croc, where if you if you just power up your system with the game in it and it just kind of boots immediately, then yeah, most of Croc's body will be missing. But if you first turn the Saturn on and then insert the game and then boot it from the right. from the BIOS, then you'll be fine. So that I'm pretty sure is. Um, exclusive to the european version okay <laughs> but uh but i'm not sure about the north american um stuff but i've yeah. experienced I, i've experienced some like invisible croc yeah with the with the north american version oh, and i really? and i do think you're right i think that was the thing you know there there are a couple other games on the saturn where there are problems like that i think uh in the hunt is one of those ones where you have to start it up without any controllers inserted um with uh croc i think it's like you said boot to the bios stick the cd in or mount the cd and then close the door uh and that seems to to fix the problem but it's just something i thought was worth mentioning but yeah interesting you know it's probably a symptom of the saturn having so many hardware revisions right that oh yeah you know you got to kind of test it on on everything and hope that uh, it'll work so yeah and where the playstation they really like kept people in their corral i guess you could say of like doing things this way you know they really didn't like it when folks like naughty dog would kind of like break the system and go outside to try to get more eke more performance out of the playstation because they wanted it to be standardized across you know revisions of the playstation you know so yeah um folks should should go try croc go for me do it for me (laughs) try it out let me know what you think uh you can let us know in the comments you know if you're if you find the game frustrating or if you find it charming um but yeah i definitely think there are things to like about the game for sure agreed and what's your next one Oh my. Okay, I'm going to go with Crypt Killer, which is also known as Henry Explorers in Japan, which is That's right. You know, kind of an odd. Anyway, so Crypt Killer is a um it was originally an arcade game. 
made by Konami and it's a shooting game. So I think it's kind of, it was meant to be based on sort of the Indiana Jones sort of hunting for treasure type of Hmm. uh, setting. Right. Right. In the arcade, the cabinet had, you know, like actual shotguns that you would use and you could, you know, pump them to reload and all the rest of it. So that was, that was unique and fun. And the arcade, it was also a three player game. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was that was the draw. It wasn't the prettiest game upon release, but it was decent um, in the arcades. So Konami brought this over to the Saturn and the PlayStation for that matter. So it wasn't just exclusive to our machine, Mm -hmm. but it did not come over well at all. And so so the two main changes is you cannot play three players on the Saturn version. It Mm -hmm. is up to two players only. And the visuals are utterly horrendous like i don't know that i've ever (laughs) seen a game as badly pixelated in 3d as as a crypt killer like it is terrible you're going to wonder how this ever passed quality control and i mean all of it you know the sort of uh the cutscenes are bad the in-game action is horrendous most of the enemy so the so the environments are 3d Mm -hmm. and it's just bad 3d (laughs) Um, you know, where trees look like they're made out of two and a half polygons, I guess, you know, <laughs> uh, things like that. Right. Um, and the enemies are for the most part sprites and they scale because, you know, you're moving along a 3d rail. Right. Um, and when they scale in, I mean, you know, there are some enemies, which if you blow them apart, you will literally blow them into like three or four pixels. Cause that's all they are. Right. So it's, it, it does look like a dog's <laughs> breakfast. It's terrible. And and I think what that does when you have visuals that are that bad, it is it is seriously immersion breaking. Yeah. So you could have a solid game about whatever, but if your visuals look that horrendously bad, like this is beyond funny bad. This is bad, 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 right? <laughs> yeah. Where you know you're wondering, okay, like where do they find the pro? Like who? How did this pass quality control? We're talking and about so, the graphics, yeah. though, right? We're not talking about the gameplay. Absolutely. We're talking about the graphics. No, like the they're graphics. like vomit on the screen, right? Your 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 Saturn yes. is literally like throwing up graphics onto the screen, right? Yes, and I mean, so the so the other crime with the graphics is so it's an on rails 3D game. When when a game is on rails, right, you should be able to construct it in such a way that you're masking all of your your clipping and your mm-hmm. pop in and you know your textures should be optimized because you're never changing away from that rail mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so you should have just you should be able to pull off fantastic visuals hmm. you know panzer zwei or zwei is a good uh, example of that it's an on-rail shooter and so they were able to do some amazing things visually and panzer zwei is probably the exact opposite visually of uh crypt killer so you know it it's bad. The pop-in is really, really bad. And that is unforgivable with a game that's on rails. Right. Now the game itself is actually pretty cool. Like, you know, it is an on rails, um, first person shooter, kind of like a virtual cop idea, but at two points throughout each level, you come to a sort of like a decision point and you can choose which way to go. Right. And so each level can have multiple sort of permutations of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when you get at the end and you fight the boss, you end up picking up the Eye of Guidance or whatever the item is. I can't even remember anymore. Um, and so you kind of hang on to these items. And at the end of the level of the game, which is three levels of your choosing, you end up coming to sort of like a final area where you display all the 
um, the uh, items that you have collected, and then you get one of multiple endings, which in and of themselves are really bonkers. Like one of the endings is, oh, this whole game was just like a like a B movie shoot, and you're just an actor. Like it's just right. totally ridiculous, right? <laughs> so, yes. And yet it's kind of fun. It's it's fun to sort of play around Halloween time because, you know, the monsters are, you know, you've got zombies and skeletons and like these like killer fish that, you know, again, look like three pixels, three shades of blue or whatever. And and so, it, you know, in in a way, it's saved by its gameplay because its gameplay is OK. Mm-hmm. So even though it looks like like just garbage, it, it it's OK. Like it even looks worse than I would say, for example, uh, Revolution X. Um, so it, it's that bad. How about Death and Crimson? Yet, you know, <laughs> I, I would even give Death Crimson the edge. It is, it is. Wow, probably wow. the worst looking Saturn game that I've ever had the. So are you saying? Of. Would you say that you kind of almost like it ironically, or you just like sincerely enjoy the game? So okay, I guess if I were to sort of explain why I I like a game that I've just spent five minutes trashing, it is that <laughs> ironically the game design is actually pretty fun, and the the, the concept okay. behind it, the execution and the control is is pretty good, you know. So. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. the visuals are so bad that you will cringe. But as you kind of go through mm-hmm. it, you're going to be like, OK, I see the game here. I see what they were going for. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the arcade visuals aren't nearly as bad. They're actually not that good, but they're not this bad. So you could say that it's a right. bad port of an average looking game to begin with. But yeah, the mm-hmm. game design is fairly solid. The gameplay works and it's sure got a lot of longevity. Like, you know, unlike Virtual Cop 1, for instance, where you just kind of go through the levels here, not only do you get to mm. pick what level and, and what order you want to tackle them in, because you do three levels out of a selection of, I think it's six, but within the three levels you pick, there are two points where you pick multiple paths. So, so really there's a lot of game in there for a light gun shooter, you know, it, and yet it just looks so bad. And I think it, it's to the point where it looks so bad that a lot of folks, a lot of critics, magazine reviewers, etc., they just were not able to get over that, that massive, massive pixelated hump of a of a stumbling block, which right. were the graphics. So, you know, the saying how a game, you know, the graphics aren't everything in a game, and that's true, but you can get it to the point where they're so so bad that it really takes right. away from the rest of it. So, you know, it, it's it's a game that you're going to have a couple laughs with if you're playing it with a friend for sure. But if you want to sit down mm-hmm. and just, you know, go through it, you know, and maybe put on some of those funny glasses or whatever that blur your vision <laughs> a little bit, it'll it'll probably be an improvement, you know, so. Did this one come with any kind of 3D glasses? No, it did not. It did not, okay. And in, in the arcade, it wasn't a 3D type of game either. Like, okay, like 3D right. is in stereoscopic 3D. I know Konami did that with the their other game. Contra, uh, the, yes. the Contra one. Yeah, okay. So, But they yeah. didn't do that with this one. You know, it's mm-hmm. funny. Um, I say graphics don't really matter that much now in hindsight. But back then, graphics were everything. I mean, yes. you know, because leaps and bounds were being made. And media outlets were so hard on a game. If it's graphics, we're like, we're not up to par. Because mm-hmm. again we were being blown away by every new thing that came out and it was just like, well, why isn't it as good as this? You know, I mean, not everything can be virtual cop, right. Or virtual cop too. We don't mm-hmm. expect that, but I mean, area 51 came to the Saturn and it was almost like arcade perfect port, you know? So, I yep. mean, it can be done third party. It can be done and it can be done well, you know? So we kind of had 
standards. <laughs> you know, so yes. yeah, I think Lee Nutter said in uh, OSSM, uh, official Saturn magazine, he said, more fun could be derived from the Virtua Gun if you were to spend an entire evening pistol whipping yourself with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Nutter. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So that that was his review of this game. But uh, don't pistol whip yourselves. No, <laughs> but- no, you got And see, I, I guess my advice is for folks that have persisted through the Saturn version of House of the Dead. Ah, this is yes. a couple steps below that in terms of graphical <laughs> fidelity. But if you can do House of the Dead, you can lower do your standards killer. a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lower okay. your standards, people, and then you'll find some enjoyment. So yeah, nice. it's it's bad, but it's good. I gotcha. All right, Dave, let's go to your next one here. All right, cool. So the next one I'm going to pick is an Acclaim publish. Uh, it was ported by Probe, and this was a game that started actually on the Sega Titan arcade board. Uh, it's called Batman Forever. Mm. Another game here based on a popular 90s movie franchise. Uh, yeah, so this game is bonkers. <laughs> I do not think that this is a good game. Okay. I, but again, I'm going to do my best here. So it, it was essentially an arcade perfect port because it, like I said, it was started on the, the STV. So not much was really needed to get it over to the Saturn. And it does exist on the PlayStation as well. So again, this is not a console exclusive. Uh, folks can definitely try it out on more than one console. But again, what makes me say that this is not a good game is that I just feel like it's just a little too crazy and a little too unfocused. Um, I'm coming from, I love Batman games. I loved uh, Batman Returns on the Super Nintendo. Used to mm. play it with my brother all the time. Uh, you'd get such a good feeling from every punch and kick, you know, and the, mm. the, the sound design was excellent. There was always just the right amount of characters on the screen. You could feel overwhelmed at times, you know, but it wasn't to the point of just being ridiculous. You know, um, the system would never slow down too much. It, it wouldn't throw so much on there that it would compromise performance or anything like that. So I'm biased. I, and I guess I'm kind of judging it based on coming from that, you know, cause I, like I've said to people, I was a huge super NES fan. Um, I played the hell out of, uh, Batman returns, um, beat it multiple, multiple times. Uh, oh, wow. And just had so much fun with that game with my little brother growing up. And then, of course, Batman Forever on the Saturn is more of just like a crazy, bonkers, chaotic It was more fighter. extreme, wasn't it? Extreme doesn't even begin to <laughs> describe. Like, okay, there's the the, the enemies, like the sh- they take such cheap shots at you sometimes, like one hit kills. You know, you, you make the wrong move, guy hits you one time and you're dead, you know? there are like collectibles, you know, there are little things that you can pick up that are like power-ups, but with this game, they're just like littered all over the place. You know, it's like not even, they don't even like do anything to kind of like dole it out to you in a, in a way that makes sense, you know? And again, we had other brawlers um, like turtles in time or the Simpsons arcade game, stuff like that. You know, Mm. Uh, growing up playing games like that, I kind of got a feel for what a, you know, arcade style brawler should be, you know, like a scrolling beat em up Um, streets of rage too. Excellent, mm. phenomenal game. Probably that's probably like the best game in terms of like design uh for for a scrolling beat em up like that. You know, Streets of Rage 2 is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and so that's everything that this game is not. This game, it's just 
It's very colorful. It does use like true transparency for these like super OP power up effects or whatever. You were just like screen clear. Mm -hmm. But the graphics are kind of gritty and dark, which I guess, you know, Batman, they could get away. Maybe they get a pass for that. But it's just like gritty and dark and maybe a kind of ugly here and there. There's a lot of like weird scaling stuff going on. Oh, yeah. Tell me what you think about this game. So, yeah, I agree. It's dark. It's gritty. It's it's fast to the point of being too fast. And I have a hilarious memory of playing this game two player with a friend. And you could actually so you both can pick the same character. So you could have right. two Batmans or two Robins or whatever. Exactly. Anyway, so we were both Batman and like things got so crazy that for a good 10 minutes I was playing and I was thinking that I was the other Batman. Right. <laughs> you can't, yes. Like, you know what I mean? And I, thought, I was so confused. Yes. And, you know, to add to like that, you're right, the dark sort of setting to it and like being a 2D game, you wouldn't expect an overly large amount of pixelation, but there was. Mm -hmm. And like, it's almost as if the sprites were created and then they were blown up some, you know, like it was just, I don't know, to me, it, it, it was way too chaotic and I obviously couldn't follow it mm-hmm. um, properly. And there, to me, it was just, it was a pointless game. Yeah. I, I had a hard time grabbing sort of any enjoyment out of it. So it's funny that this is on your list of games. That, right. So you know, why is this on my list? Okay. Cause, cause like I said, um, some people like this game and I mean, I've encountered plenty. I've encountered plenty of people who are like, Oh, well, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I like this game, you know? Uh, mm. and I'm like, okay, so it's a game that I've come back to multiple times because here's the thing. I liked Batman forever. It wasn't a great movie to be honest, but, I, but I, you know, again, it was the nineties. I was a kid. You had movies like Godzilla 98, mm-hmm. you know, you had Batman forever. You had independence day. You watch them now and they're like really corny, you know, like disaster yep. movies or really corny, like superhero movies. But at the same time, they have that kind of 90s charm to them. You know, you keep low expectations, but but essentially, you know, it's like I want to like this game. I do. And every time somebody says that they love this game, I'm always just like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> am I <laughs> am I just not seeing something here? You know, so. I guess you could say it's a game that I've persisted with and I've come back to despite every time I fire it up. I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Like, I feel like there's a lack of restraint here. (laughs) Like there's a lack of like proper planning and, you know, doling out enemies in a logical fashion, you know, that it creates some kind of meaningful rhythm because a beat em up or a brawler needs to have some kind of rhythm to drive the game and keep you going, you know? And so this game has anything but rhythm. It's just absolute bonkers chaos almost every second so it's one of those games i would almost say like if you're high or drunk (laughs) off your ass (laughs) and you just want to experience something crazy with a friend then sure fire this up you know you might enjoy yourself but like peter you might end up controlling the wrong character (laughs) you might end up (laughs) thinking that you're controlling one character when in fact it yours is the other character because there are so many sprites on screen and so much stuff going on that it's hard to keep actually keep track of your character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It almost feels like they had sort of half developed this game and then they were like, Oh, time's up. We got to ship it. Let's right. just like triple the amount of enemies and then right. slap it out the door. You know? Yeah. That's what it kind of feels like to me that it's, it, it feels half baked and the solution to get it to retail ready 
was to just like add enemies, add sprites. Well, you know, the truth and- is it's pretty much the same deal on, on the STV. It's a quarter muncher, you know, it's just oh, one yeah. of those games that you're supposed to pop quarters in when you're waiting for your movie or at the theater or something like that. Right. It brings you in because it's Batman or it's Batman forever, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's just going to eat your quarters and kill you with like these cheap one hit kills, you know? So, yeah. um, it's not a great game. It's not a good game. I don't know if I would say that it's a good game, but people like this game and it's on my list because it's one of those games that I continue to try despite I should probably stop now. Honestly, you know, I'm, I'm coming up on 40 years old here and I, I think I've tried it enough and, you know, but my, you know, I tried it with my son maybe a week or two ago and he was just like, this game's crazy, but like he was laughing, he was enjoying himself. So I guess if you're like nine, you know, maybe it speaks to you. <laughs> See, maybe instead of Batman Forever, they should have called it Batman for 40 years. And then, right. you know, that would have been more accurate. It's kind of an expensive maybe. game too. Long box. Uh, I know we don't, yes. it doesn't really matter. You know, folks can play games in a multitude of ways. But I mean, if you're looking to collect, it's definitely one of the pricier games for how not good it is <laughs> you know yeah, no that's true yeah and it'd be, i'd be actually interested to find out why that is like whether it just had a lower pressing or it's whether possible. it was a later acclaim game or whatever I, I don't know the answer but you're right yeah it tends to be for a yeah. genuine copy it tends to be pricier and yeah it certainly isn't quality over quantity or anything no, like that so. no i no. think that it's just one of those games maybe folks played the arcade version back in the day and they're just kind of willing to overlook its many many flaws but yeah you know essentially it's just poor game design really uh but what does it have going for it it's got it's got good music it's got like this arcade pumping soundtrack it's got you know it's a batman franchise uh it's it's very colorful it's got some good effects it's just fumbles many 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 fumbles in terms of the game design you know so and that's where i'll leave it you know i because we're you know i don't want this to end up being a two-hour podcast (laughs) What is uh what is your next game? All right, so the last game on my list is a game that I just love playing and I know that most people hate this game. It is Congo, The Lost City of Zinge. So this was another sort of early release for the Saturn. It was one of the system's first uh sort of first person shooters, not the first because I think Robotica takes that cake. But uh, and Genwar came before this. Yes, yeah. So, um, so you know, one of the systems first, and it was based on what was going to be like while they were developing it. Uh, the movie hadn't quite released yet, you know, and the movie Congo uh, ended up tanking at the box office. It did really badly, and it's too bad because you know they were saying, "Oh, by the writer of Jurassic Park," and it just had so much hype behind it, and it was going to be mm-hmm. like it was going to be the next big thing. And then the movie came and it was a stinker. So, right. you know, this isn't like Independence Day where the movie was a low budget movie and it ended up doing super well and people loved it. This was right. a high budget movie that just tanked. And so before this game even released on Saturn, the Saturn exclusive game it was already saddled with this like, you know, preconception of, okay, this isn't going to be that good. And then it mm-hmm. came out and a lot of folks thought it absolutely sucked. And I love it. I love this game. So I'm going to talk a little bit about it. So it is a first person shooter and it's set over sort of multiple days and it follows um, an alternate storyline that kind of 
goes along with what happened in the movie and you start out in the jungle and you kind of have to find your way and um, fight off all these weird, you know, uh, spiders and flies and all these other sort of made up um, enemies that weren't in the movie. And eventually you, you get gorillas that you have to fight as well. Um, and, you you know, you can find weapons and weapon upgrades and you can look around, you can jump, you can strafe, you can do all this stuff. Um, the paths are, you know, relatively enclosed. Like you can't just go walking through the jungle. Um, you know, there are paths that you have to follow, but there are also some secrets that you can kind of uh, uh, sort of go through some of the jungle and find. And, and the game is tough. It is a really, really difficult game. I think part of that, is owing to the control scheme like you can't turn around super quickly and so you know you might be getting hit from from behind or whatever and it takes you a little while to sort of spin around and by then your enemy may have moved out of range or whatever so it Mm -hmm. be you know there's some cheap hits there and what have you and admittedly you know being early 3d some of the graphics are definitely uh pixelated in the jungle levels but i think the problem with this game is Um, once you get past the jungle levels there, you know, you you end up going through the city of Zinj and through some other sort of cave-like levels. You end up visiting a volcano where everything looks remarkably different, you know, visually. And it's actually really solid for a, you know, uh, for a first effort on the Saturn. It's, it's really good, but I just, you know, looking back at the reviews from the time and the commentary from the critics, I honestly don't think anybody made it quite that far. And, and I don't blame them. The game the control takes some getting used to. It's definitely old school. It lacks a lot of the quality of life um, improvements that would come later. And it does look uh, uh, quite a bit pixelated and it's tough. It's a tough, tough game. So a lot of it, you're going to die a lot. And a lot of it's going to be memorizing, you know, where the enemies came out of and whatever, and, you know, being able to shoot them ahead of time and so on and so forth. So it's a game that you have to invest some time in, but you end up having a good time with the game. Um, you know, there's a couple levels uh, when you get out of the jungle that have zero enemies in them. There, there's there's nobody to shoot. There are some environmental sort of hazards and traps to navigate through, mm-hmm. um, but they're more sort of like maze-like puzzles where you know you, you you flip a switch here and a door somewhere else opens and whatever. And mm-hmm. you know it, you know the frame rate's okay and it moves pretty well. And you know, again, I am well aware that people. Even folks that have genuinely given this game a shot again after all these years have come away thinking, yeah, no, this is a steaming pile of garbage, and yet I love it. To me, it's a difficult game. You have to really kind of get into it. And, you know, to sort of, how do I put this, accentuate my my playthrough experience, I ended up watching the original Congo movie. And, mm-hmm. you know, I understand. It, like, it, it was super cheesy and whatever, but... But it kind of added some more color to the game, you know, for me. So for me, it was definitely a worthwhile experience. It is a difficult, difficult, difficult experience. Super, super tough. And, you know, the game is structured so that it'll only let you continue so many times. So you could be on level 12 or whatever. And if you use up your last life, you know, you can't save your save file. It'll just kick you right back to the to the beginning. So mm-hmm. it is tough uh, as a game it is tough um in terms of being able to continue if you die you know it it will definitely take some time but it's to me it's worth it it's worth the journey and i mean this is a saturn exclusive you're not going to play this anywhere else for better Mm -hmm. or for worse 
And yet, if you persist with it, especially once you get out, out of the jungle levels, which are only about the first third of the game, you're in for a pretty cool ride. Like, there's some there's some fascinating bosses. Some of the visuals end up looking really, really cool. Um, there's this temple that you're in, and you come upon this this giant coliseum and it's open air all of a sudden. And, you know, you see this amazingly red volcano in the background and like it, you know, it's, it's a fun game. Once you sort of get past uh, the difficult controls and the, just the difficulty uh, in general, it's something that I, I really want more people to, uh, to give a try. And I think this is a game that you've kind of enjoyed a little bit too. um, Isn't it? It is actually, I'm glad that you, I'm glad you picked this. Because it's one I would have wanted to talk about for sure. Um, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, okay? <laughs> okay, so this is one of those games that I avoided. You know, when I was collecting for the Saturn, I avoided it. Because it's just one of those kind of like folks tell you to avoid it. you know, Or the angry video game nerd tells you it's a steaming pile, you know? Mm-hmm. And that you should avoid it, right? So I just stepped over it every time I would be searching for games to collect. And then, of course, this dude, Peter, you know, tells me that the game is good. And I'm like, okay, well, I have a lot of respect for Peter. <laughs> should I rethink <laughs> my opinion of him? No, uh, but, you know, so I'm thinking to myself, okay, so like, you know, Peter's never really steered me wrong in terms of like, we like a lot of the same stuff, you know? I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. And I'm going to like fork out the dough to buy an, a boxed copy of the game, which wasn't cheap uh, when you consider how bad people say that it is. And so I, I didn't burn it or anything. I just bought a copy of the game, fired it up, and I spent about a solid week with it. Didn't beat the game, definitely came up against a wall, a point of no return where I was just like, okay, the game is kicking my ass now. I got to get, pardon my French, but I got to get better, you know, mm. I got to get good. Um, but I enjoyed every minute of it. I did. Um, you know, it has excellent sound design. Let's talk about what it does right. Um, I think the graphics are actually quite charming, you know. Um, it's better than Genwar, also by Jumping Jack. Uh, and Leland, uh, which, you know, Nick Pandemonium did a great interview with him. I'm can't wait for him to do Congo. Cause I'm really interested to see, yep. uh, what they, what kind of hurdles, what kind of struggles they had, but essentially it does a really good job creating atmosphere. And again, that's mm-hmm. very important to me in games when it comes to games, just like when you're standing there in a place and I ask myself, does it do a good job of helping me feel like I'm there, you know, putting you in that place. The game has phenomenal sound design. Uh, it creates jungle foliage with 2D sprites, but they're constantly moving, you know, and it's constantly having to shift these 2D sprites around to kind of give you an awareness of your position, you know? And I would say that that's probably the the most difficult part is that you'll have enemies coming at you from all sides. And sometimes spatial awareness is, is kind of a, a, a difficulty, you know, because you might be able to hit every enemy that's in front of you, but somehow you missed one that was behind you. Now, luckily the game does have an about face. You know, it has like a button that'll just allow you to whip around and shoot at whatever's behind you. But uh, you do take a couple hits, you know, first. Um, Sometimes there are parts of the game where uh, you get poisoned and, you know, your vision starts to go and you're starting to move sluggishly and everything like that, you know, and then you have to find like a, a first aid kit or, or like a, a an antidote or whatever, you yes. know, to, so that you it wears off. I think that's actually very clever. Can be kind of frustrating, yes. It, it presents a, an extra challenge, um, but I don't think the I don't think the controls are really that difficult. You you have really good solid strafing, 
uh, forward and lateral move, you know, turning around is not incredibly fast, but again, you have that button that'll just whip your character around. So if you use that liberally, you'll do much better in the game. Um, some of the jumps are kind of, there are areas where you have to jump over a ravine yep. or something like that. And of course the timing it, it, you know, you'll probably fail a couple of times until you understand that you have to run, take it at a run and, and jump. But once you get it, you get it. Um, but just all of the sprites are actually, I think really good. I like the sprite designs. I like the, the 3d, uh, modeled things. You know, I like the, all the hidden paths, very yes. good use of, um, this, uh, I don't know, you've got a GPS with a map, you know, yeah. and it kind of draws itself as you, as you discover new areas. And there are always little hidden areas that you can find between bushes and stuff like that. I quite like the jungle, uh, in it. I, I like the other stages you're talking about as well, but I, I don't, I like the jungle. It has a really good atmosphere. And when you play this game with your sound system cranked up and you just got that, uh, you know, the waterfalls and you've got the little whistling birds and stuff like that. It just sounds like you're in the jungle. Um, then you've got this character, this funny character, uh, Butembo Caballo, who yes. that's, so he's trying to make his way through the jungle and survive. Um, because I guess the helicopter crashed or whatever. And, uh, the plot plays out in these video logs, you know, that he does, you know, and it's so, I want to say a little over the top, you know, and kind of hammed up, but I love that stuff. You know, mm -hmm. I, so the video, mm -hmm. I love the FMV yes. portions of the game. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I guess I would just say that yeah you're you're going to get to a portion of the game where there's some verticality to it and you have to go up a hill and stuff and the game gets really difficult there um, and there are other weapons that you have to get like rocket like a yeah is it a rocket launcher or a bazooka or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah which I guess are dropped you're supposed to assume that those are like uh, uh, air air dropped in you know to the jungle and you're supposed to pick them up you know. Um, it's it it really is a much better game that people give it credit for. Um, you know, it doesn't have a lot of quality of life things that we take for granted now in modern games. So yeah, it's certainly lacking a few things. And maybe there are other games that are better. You know, maybe like Alien Trilogy is another game that's kind of like that first person shooter. It's a it's a third party game that's like a first person shooter that does a very good job and I feel plays really well. Maybe compared to that, it might not live up to that but I, I really think more people need to play this game so on the back of the box it's advertised that the game is compatible with the mission stick which ah. is a flight stick have you played this game with the mission no stick? so no, i have because okay. um, i've got one i was like of course i have to try this and it's weird because you have to use all of your buttons quite frequently and your 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 arms just get tired because you're constantly pressing forward. Like, you know what I mean? Like in a mm -hmm, flight mm -hmm. game, you're using the actual stick less, in my opinion, and you're right. maybe a little bit more sporadic with the buttons. Whereas with Congo, when you're using it with the flight stick, first of all, you, you sort of feel like it's almost like playing descent where you're not, mm -hmm. you don't feel like a human anymore. You feel like right. you're sort of flying or whatever. Right. And then you yes. get your, your arms just get tired easily because the mission sticks a big old stick and you know, like it, it works, but it's sort of like, you know, somebody had said 
uh, at some point, you know, have you ever tried controlling knights with the uh, arcade racer? It's kind of like that. Like, <laughs> like it works, but it's just weird. It just kind of changes. Things. Right. So, so to me, it's much better to actually play with the uh, standard regular uh, D pad. But yeah, I just I have to just I have to give these uh, FMV clips um, another shout out here because. You know, the movie, again, at the time was, you know, billed as going to be the best special effects and it was going to be the latest, coolest thing ever. Um, and so the production value of the FMV clips in this game is is actually really high. Right? It's really good. Yeah, it is really good. It's, it's quite you know? good. And so, I mean, if you're used to stuff like Sewer Shark, or you, you, it's nothing like that. I mean, it's, it's actually no. much better. You yes, know? yes. Yeah. And so, yes, it is sort of campy and it is a bit over the top. Of course it is. Right. But it's actually right. high quality, right? So, yeah. So to me, it's... Well, this- you know, like when he's like, I've got fever. I'm going yeah. to die. You know, like he's just a little, yes. <laughs> he's yes. a little melodramatic, but, but yeah, it's, it's very, very fun. I, I'm really glad that you sold me on this game. Maybe we're the crazy ones, but I enjoy this game and I continue to play it. Actually. I do. I have a lot of fun with it. Um, I haven't beaten it like you have. Hmm. Um, and I know we're talking about like persisting with a game, like kind of like, you know, I want to I want to mention that when we were younger and maybe we had fewer games, you know, like I I had the original Ninja Turtles game on the NES, you know, mm. and that game would just kick your butt, you know, yeah. <laughs> left, right and center. Like it was so difficult. And yet if it was the only thing you had, you kept playing and you just got good or like Battletoads, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like it was a really murderously difficult game. And yet you kept playing it because what else are you going to play? You know, um, that's not the case here. I have a lot of other stuff to play and I, I do find myself turning off the machine at a certain point. You know, I don't, I wouldn't say I throw my controller or anything like that. It's not that kind of frustrating. It's just like a, well, I'm just not good enough. You know, I, mm. it is kind of difficult at a point, but I think that that's like a wall that I need to get over mm. personally, but everything that I've experienced up to that point, I've had a blast with. And um, it's definitely, it was definitely worth the price of admission. I'm glad I own a copy of the game for sure. Uh, it's not one, it's not one that I'll be getting rid of. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. All right. I think we're onto your last selection now. Yeah. Yeah. So Pat's going to love this choice, but I had to pick Mr. Bones, you know, (laughs) um, because of course, you know, not everybody likes this game. I understand why it's, uh, it's a really interesting game. So now this is a platform exclusive. This is a Sega Saturn exclusive. If you want to play this game, you got to play it on Sega Saturn. Um, we've had a few that, that, you know, qualify like, you know, Congo, of course, Sega Mm -hmm. Saturn exclusive. Um, you know, Mr. Bones is a crazy game. It's a, I would, I would characterize it almost like as a, almost like a party game. I don't know. Like, so what I've noticed is that every level is different. Um, it constantly with each level shakes up the gameplay. Um, like some levels later on are kind of similar to ones previous, but it like for every level, it changes the genre a little bit, but they're all pattern. They're all based on a pattern. You know, you basically start out, you're running through a graveyard and you're being chased by these skeletons with red eyes. You're a skeleton with blue eyes. So I guess that means that you haven't like been converted to evil or whatever, you know? So they're like zombie skeletons or whatever. They're chasing after you to try to trap you and, and turn you into one of them right mm. and uh and of course you don't want to because you want to keep your soul and play music or whatever <laughs> i don't know so so essentially you're running away from these skeletons and they're throwing bones at you right mm-hmm. and um if they hit you you know they can actually knock out 
some of your bones, right? You'll end up being like a hopping stump, you know, and and yeah. of course that'll impede your movement. And so the the first level is kind of brutal in its difficulty. Um, it can be really hard to to get past, but when you figure out the pattern, it's like it's almost like boss battles, you know. When you when you notice the pattern and you realize that okay, I just have to like repeat this and do this, hang in here for like five minutes, and then I reach the the end point, you know. Uh, you can get through it. And then, of course, you're tossed into another level where you're on like a, a big, long table and and these skeletons are like doing the wave, you know, like you, they would yeah. do it like a at a baseball game or at a soccer game where every the crowd does the wave. And so they do the wave and then you have to like jump over it. Right. Again, it's a pattern, you know, essentially the game is just a bunch of mini games that are based on kind of like a pattern and that have like a musical theme in it because the game is very uh, music heavy. It's got Ronnie Montrose who did the soundtrack with the guitar and everything. And there's even a level in there where you sit down with him and you play the guitar, you know, and then you have to like you learn how to play the guitar and then follow the, the pattern to be able to play the guitar. Um, there are like these little blue butterfly things that I guess you, you, you grab those, you get your parts back or whatever, you know? Um, but yeah, like every new level is just kind of a new little mini game that is based on a pattern that kind of is fun and engaging for a few minutes. And then you're on to the next level, you know, and you have to figure out that pattern, you know, and the game can be pretty difficult, you know, (laughs) sometimes it's like really easy. And then sometimes it's like really difficult, like where you're running down the hill and the logs are coming after you, you know? Um, So, and then there's like a level with a big T-Rex, like a skeletal (laughs) T-Rex. It's just crazy off the wall kind of, but what's there I feel like is really well designed and there's a lot of like clever charm and ambiance to it. I really like the game. I really think it's something kind of special that could only really have come out on the Sega Saturn. What do you think? Okay, so I don't have too much experience with this game, but that's probably because each time I've tried it, I've just been turned off. It, okay. Like, you're right. It it feels like a collection of mini games and not always um, woven, like, together very well because you're right the difficulty Mm. can spike huge Mm -hmm. and then crash and also there are definitely sections that are less intuitive like running away from skeletons to the graveyard okay i get that that's simple but like there's this guitar playing level where it's like okay uh what am i doing exactly (laughs) right like still right yeah so your difficulty spikes and then and then crashes and then spikes again and the goals of each level aren't immediately clear. So to me, it just, it feels like a sort of um, almost like a slapstick type of, or, you know, almost like a comedy and sometimes a comedy of errors in a way. Right. You know, but it isn't irredeemable. There are some pretty cool sections of it. I'm just not sure how well it gels together as a package, you know? So, yeah. And, and so how did yeah. you get past that? Like, how did you work through it to the point where you enjoyed the game? Well, I think that's the thing is that I think that there are parts of the game that I don't enjoy that are kind of frustrating. And then there are plenty of parts about it that I do enjoy, you know, and it's kind of like Batman Forever, if you will, but better. I mean, honestly, like I, Batman Forever just barely made my list. I was having a hard time <laughs> deciding what I would choose for that fifth game. But, you know, with Mr. Bones, like I say, 
it's a platform exclusive, Sega yep. Saturn exclusive. And I, I feel like when, when it comes to those games, you've got to at least try it, you know, because it's just yep. Saturn had some of those games that were just like tied to the platform and couldn't be experienced anywhere else. Like like Burning Rangers, for example, much better game, by the way. But, <laughs> but um, essentially, you know, I just think that it's it is quirky. It's got great music. I like the sprite design and a lot of the color and stuff like that. Um, it's two discs. So, you know, there was so much awesomeness that it couldn't fit on a single disc. But no, seriously, it's not a great game, but it is an interesting, quirky game. And it's one that definitely this community has come to kind of like ironically love. I think, you know, we all like teasing Pat about, uh, you know, Mr. Bones. And uh, because, you know, the thing I respect about Pat is like, he's just honest. He's just this is not my cup of tea. You know, like like I have tried not for lack of trying. He's been punished by having to play this game multiple times, you know, and I think that he's given it every ounce of, you know, effort to try to find yeah. something in there. And it just didn't didn't float his boat, you know, but it's funny now he, he'll he probably go down in history being linked to this game somehow. You know? <laughs> but I mean, uh, uh, we recently had a shout uh on shiro from fitz houston who did like the voice you know did the did the song uh, the voice of mr bones um and that was really awesome you know i think there's just a bunch of little things you know a bunch of little things that end up drawing me back to this game especially at halloween you know uh you get fire it up play it for like an hour i don't take it too seriously for sure it's not you know panzer saga or anything like that if you just don't take it that seriously and you just try to have some fun with what's there um, there is like a level select code that you can access and that'll take you wherever you want, you know, so you can just play the levels that you enjoy instead of punishing yourself by having to endure every single level. But definitely it's a, it's a game that is incredibly quirky and locked to the Sega Saturn. So it, it ends up being kind of, kind of a metaphor for the system a bit, you know, at least to some extent, you know. And I don't know if you, uh, if you see the uh, Japanese cover, it's like, super weird and psychedelic looks like a journey album cover yeah like it's just (laughs) not at all what you'd expect hey but definitely not but yeah i I prefer the u.s box art if i'm being honest but you know it's funny even the u.s box art it says down at the bottom left it's got the sega saturn exclusive seal you know yeah yeah and then they had to go to the lengths of slapping a sticker additionally on it to be like check out mr bones on the only system that you can check it out on Sega Saturn, you know, it's like they pop that, that sticker on the front as like a, nobody's buying this game. We really have to like, <laughs> we really have to like hit them over the head with the fact that they're not going to be able to get it anywhere else, you know, which is funny. Yeah. Maybe they thought it would be like a system seller or something like that, but yeah, no, <laughs> it's definitely not a system nope. seller, <laughs> but no, you know, should folks check it out? Yes. Check it out, form your own opinion, you know, take what you will from what we say, you know, but again, it's definitely one that I come back to probably every Halloween or every other Halloween. And I do enjoy it in doses. And that's fair. Yeah, that's that's fair. So I want to ask you something. Is there a game that is considered by many to be a bad game that you've tried to like, but you found it completely irredeemable and impossible? Oh, man. Okay. So there, there is a very small number of these games on the Saturn, yes. And the one that I absolutely just cannot forgive in any way, shape, or form is The Crow, City of Angels. I mean, okay, where to begin? 
So the movies themselves are very sort of, you know, they're cult classic, they're, you know, Brandon Lee, whatever, they're, 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 they're good for what they are. You got to really kind of get into it, but they tell a gritty story and all the rest of it. And you could just see that, yeah, okay, you can make a video game out of this, Mm -hmm. this storyline. There's, there's a mythos there. So that's, that's good. But so the game is a beat em up with static 2D backgrounds um, and 3D uh, 3D characters overlaid over top of it. So it's kind of like Resident Evil in that, you know, the 3D characters move in and out of the screen. They get larger and whatever. The control scheme is a tank control scheme. Mm. And the crow whom you play has, you know, your basic punches and kicks as moves. There, There's a couple of issues, though. So the backgrounds are nothing to write home about. They are, they're sort of low resolution. I wouldn't say very nice looking uh, graphics at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the 3d models of the crow, as well as the enemies are, are just bad. They're, 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 they're grainy. They're sort of, you know, there's no color there they're all kind of, they look like mud, mm-hmm. you know, the, the game is set at night, of course. So everything's kind of dark and gritty. Um, and the control scheme is just horrendous. Like I could forgive bad graphics. I mean, look at corpse killer. I could forgive, you know, relatively, um, banal gameplay, like, like independence day, Mm -hmm. but I, you know, when the game doesn't play well, you, it's tough to recover from, like you have to really, you know, get everything else right. And this game gets pretty much nothing right. Um, you know, one of the irritants is, you like like a single scene a single sort of area where you have to fight bad guys can take place uh, viewed from multiple vantage points so you could move to a certain zone within a you know a play field that you're in and then the um the angles change mm-hmm. and that is supremely disorienting you know um and, and and so you've got to sort of readjust. Okay, well, in relation to me, where is my enemy and whatever? The the game does not respond to your button presses very quickly at all. Like there is a noticeable delay. Right. And so in order to progress through the game, you almost have to get used to doing actions a little bit ahead of time, and mm. it just feels unnatural and stilted. And the game is difficult, so it looks like crap. It doesn't sound well at all the the uh, sort of gameplay is 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 bad and and look i tried to like this game because i figured if i can like congo if i can like independence day i can darn well like the crow but i can't i can't quite get <laughs> over that hump where i'm gonna say yeah okay i get it like i can't even see the vision that the the programmers were going for mm-hmm. like yes yeah, so clearly it's a beat-em-up but it's a bad beat em up. Like, have these guys never played a beat em up? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and again, it comes back to okay, so so you know, in terms of quality control, who in their right mind saw saw this game and thought, yeah, that's there we go, that's our ticket. You know, so again, this to me is we're gonna rely on the crow license. Yeah. We're gonna rely on the fact that there's no internet to tell people that this game is, you know, a steaming pile of of nothing good and and we're just going to hope that it sells you know on the strength of its of its license uh of the crow property and it just it doesn't work folks and i mean you know like one final sort of insult to injury like there are games that are done really well with 3d 
uh, characters overlaid over top of 2D backgrounds. So I'm talking about the Resident Evils of the world, the Final Fantasy VII. So you can do this correctly. Um, but for example, a lot of the areas, the 2D um, uh, backgrounds, you know, like the game takes place at night. So there are, for example, street lights or neon lights or whatever, and they mm-hmm. reflect beautifully right. on the 2D background. And then your stiff, robotic, you know, bland character walks through and none of that reflection is cast on them. Mm-hmm. None of that light falls on them. And so it is completely immersion breaking. Uh, during those moments, you immediately know that this is just a 2D picture with a 3D you know, character model moving across it and no thought given into making sure that it sort of gels well at all. So, so to me, the game is extremely sloppy and it is, it is it, you know, an excuse for a game that was made simply to cash in on the Crow license. And it's just bad. I don't know. Have you played it? Is this something like, have you gotten anything out of this game? Cause I I'm sorry to me, this is a, this is not a game. I have, uh, <clears throat> I have not even attempted. I've been warned. <laughs> I've been warned so vehemently <laughs> by so many people to stay yeah. away from this game that even, mere exposure to the game could like taint me in some way uh, that I would just have like a urine smell on me if I know. I mean, honestly, I've watched Sam, the SSG suffer through this game, like in a stream. And it was like one of those punishment streams where all his viewers like voted for him to like have to play this game. And I felt so bad for him. I was just like, I'm so sorry. Like this, this is Mm -hmm. terrible. Uh, yeah, no. So this is, this is actually one of those games where I've literally taken everybody's advice and I, I don't even think I've ever even fired it up on an ODE or an emulator. I've, uh, I've seen enough <laughs> to, to stay away. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, this is, um, one of the friends of the show, a murder of crows. K. He loves the Crow franchise. Mm-hmm. And so you would think that somebody like him would be perhaps right. the most forgiving. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a Saturn game. He loves Saturn. It's a Crow game. He loves the he Crow. Wants to love but he will be he he will be the first to tell you that this is not a game that yeah. is worthy of the name, you know, video game. It just mm-hmm. it, it really isn't. Um, quick little funny story from me. During the heyday when I was still collecting Saturn games. And I mean, I, I only say still collecting Saturn games because I've, I've gotten to a full set, so I'm not collecting per se. But mm-hmm. when I was still collecting games, somehow, I don't know if I was tracking them wrong or whatever, but I ended up with two copies of The Crow. I was like, what is happening? What have I done to myself? What is going on? So I did manage to get rid of one copy of The Crow. Um, and, and I'm really just hoping that the copy I kept doesn't have babies, so I end up with, you know, two copies again. But yeah, it's just... Uh, utterly not worth anybody's time at all. So this is, that's definitely one game that despite my love for Saturn and for games from that era and for being exceptionally forgiving and being able to be, you know, taken along to, to sort of follow the developer's vision. This is a game that, that just couldn't, couldn't do it for me. So I want to know whether there's any, uh, any such game for you that you tried to love, you wanted to love, you needed to love, but you just couldn't get there. There is. Before I say, I want to just say how interesting it is that we have, uh, so we essentially have one game based on a huge Hollywood movie uh, that we want to like, and we found something to like in it, you know, in, in Independence Day. Then there's a 
game based on a huge Hollywood movie that was an absolute stinker that we somehow found a, a, a lot yeah. to love. And then, of course, a movie based on a huge Hollywood movie that is absolutely terrible and completely irredeemable uh, in every yes. way. So that that's just funny, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, like I can understand Kay really wanting to like that game and trying to find something oh, yeah. in it and just failing, <laughs> failing to find anything. Yeah, for me, you know, I have a hard time thinking of a game that's worse than The Crow, at least from what I understand. But there is a game that I have spent time with that I have played that I think maybe gives The Crow a run for its money or at least comes close. And uh, and that is Alone in the Dark 2 on the Saturn. Here's a game, folks, that I'm not kidding you. It's almost unplayable. And by that, I just mean it. I struggle to play this game to the point where I would rather gouge my eyes out <laughs> and <laughs> have to endure this complete bs like this game is so bad that i actually think it would be a form of torture to be forced to sit in a room and play this game <laughs> you guys yeah. uh, alone in the dark 2 is a game that i want to like okay because alone in the dark was a huge series when i was a kid okay it was it was it was came before resident evil it kind of established the helped establish the genre, at least of uh, uh, survival horror, if you will. Definitely Resident Evil, you know, mm -hmm. gets that title for sure, you know, of refining it and everything. And of course, Resident Evil is based on the the earlier game on the what it was, the NES. Uh, yes, I think so. I, uh, I can't the think of the name. one, right? Yes, the castle. one. Yeah. But so, I mean, we could argue back and forth which one is like the which one started it all, but definitely alone in the dark is, is right there in the beginning. Um, and the original alone in the dark game, I really liked, like I, I played the MS DOS version when I was a kid. Subsequently, I played through the 3DO version and really enjoyed it. Mind you, it's not perfect. It moves at a slow pace. Um, you do kind of, it has the tank controls, which are kind of frustrating, but it's playable and the game is beatable on the 3DO and enjoyable, you know, at a, you take it at a leisurely pace and you try to enjoy the atmosphere uh, and those really, really terrible flat shaded 3D graphics. It's a fun little like look back at, wow, like this is the beginnings of survival horror, you know, especially mm -hmm. 3D survival horror. So of course I want to play Alone in the Dark too. And I, and I'm thinking, okay, well I own a Saturn and I own a copy of this game. It was cheap. You know, the long box uh, was cheap. I think it was like a $5 game when I bought it or something off eBay. Mm. Um, and I thought, you know, I'm going to really enjoy this one. No. Uh, I mean, what can I say? The graphics are terrible. Um, the music is terrible. The interface, like the time it takes to load up the menu so that you can swap out items is terrible. <laughs> the frame rate is terrible. The uh, interaction with enemies and just cheap deaths is terrible. <laughs> there, there yeah. is. Oh, it's it. It's not even that engaging of a story because it's got like this gangster uh, premise. You know, it's not like the kind of just Edward Carnby going to the mansion and all by himself. Like now, there's like this weird kind of uh, '20s mobster thing. It's just not as engaging or interesting of a story to me. And there's just nothing. I couldn't find a single thing to like about this game. Now I found out that it runs better on 3DO and it runs much better on MS-DOS. Like the, the, the PC version of this game is the game to play. If you're going to play any version of it, I think you have to go the MS-DOS route. 
Uh, but that being said, I think I'm fine just sticking with having played the original Alone in the Dark, and I'll just leave it at that, you know? So the game does have a very attractive cover. I'll say that. Yes. Like, so somebody painted this beautiful cover and it it reminds me of like the Atari days where you'd have like this beautiful painted artwork on the cover that makes you think the game is going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then you boot it up and you're just like, what is this garbage? And it's like hot garbage. Yeah. Like, you know, I have not played this game too much, but the visuals are like the characters look, I don't know if they were going for like a cartoony almost look, but they come across like the people come out looking like bad, like just bad. Mm. And the control scheme is, is exceptionally difficult to get used to in my opinion. And, and the loading times when you want to save or move through many, like, wow. The movement, like not even just the loading time. So yes, the loading times are terrible, but even when you're moving your character around, it's just a snail's pace. Yes. It's a snail's pace. And then when you want to like fire a gun, you have to go into a menu to change it over to like being able to fire a gun. Yes. You know, so you know how like most survival horror games have a button for that. So you can arm your, so you can pick up your gun and, and point it and shoot it. Now you have to go into a menu that takes forever to load. And then you have to say, okay, I want to actually use my gun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then of course, if you want to interact with an item, you have to go back into your menu to do that. It's just so uh, clunky and terrible. Um, I have the 3DO version and I have fired it up and it is better marginally not as good as not as better as I thought it would be um, because I I only just recently got that gifted to me from somebody it is better on the 3do but not that not by that much Mm -hmm. Um, I really recommend folks stay far away from this game you know because it it's like torture (laughs) it's not even it, it it literally is like I can't think of hardly anything worse than being forced to play this game other than maybe being forced to play the crow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, so bad design and bad execution too, right? Like the game is not optimized and yeah, no, this is definitely not a game that I've spent any amount of time with. And like the thing with Saturn games, Dave is, I mean, Saturn is, is sort of the main system I play. I, I play very little outside of Saturn. And so any and all pieces of software that I can play, um, I will approach with more than an open mind. I will be more than accommodating towards any shortcomings or, you know, any sort of um, reminders that, you know, these were early days in 3D, that the graphics aren't always going to be the best and, and, and so on and so forth. But but yeah, I mean, not just the crow, but but also uh, Alone in the Dark too. It just it it cannot for me um, uh, be a game that I can find any redeeming qualities in, and there aren't too many of those yeah. pieces of software. So, you know, good choice, <laughs> good choice with uh, Alone in the Dark. Absolutely, yeah. So. I think that with with so many great games on the Saturn, some folks are just not going to even bother with any of these. And and honestly, you're not missing out that much, you know. Um, but again, like I think Peter and I have pretty much scraped the bottom of the barrel in terms of like trying every game on the console. And we found things to like about these games uh, for the most part, you know, and there are little things to like here and there. 
Um, none of these games are, you know, Knights or Shining Force 3 or anything like that. You know, they're not phenomenal games, but they are games that um, that have some things going for them. And they've just, you know, they have some shortcomings for sure that that kind of, you know, turn most people away. Um, but not us. <laughs> we persist with these games, you know, for one reason or another. So. So, yeah. So, you know, for those of you that uh, stuck around with us all the way to the end, give some of these games a try. And I think you might be surprised if you're in the right sort of frame of mind when you're going into them, then, you know, you might find some enjoyment in there. And uh, and that if, if that's the case, then, you know, mission accomplished. Then uh, we've uh, we've shone a light on games that most people have shunned. And so, you know, that's our that's our goal. Right. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this cast. And until next time, this has been Dave and Peter from Shiro Editor's Corner, reminding you to play your Sega Saturn. And we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Well,